Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. You know, we were definitely talking about that on the sideline. We'll have our hands uh, full, certainly, with Lamar and the Ravens. And, um, again, we'll deal with that when we have to deal with it. But right now, uh, just, again, very proud of our guys. They worked hard. You know, a lot of these guys put forth tremendous effort, and that's all you can ask for. And we're going to try to keep the best 53 guys. That was John Gruden yesterday at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara after the Raiders ended their preseason, closed their preseason out with a 34-10 loss uh, to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, You know, you can make what you want of the final score of the game. Um, What I saw were was uh, the 49ers doing what they do, playing a whole bunch of um, starting players, veteran players, all their starting offensive players, um, and rolling a Raiders team that pretty much was down to the bottom of the barrel, save for some guys that the Raiders wanted to get you know, really good looks with, uh, at, wanted to shake some rust off, and wanted to give some some development time too, uh, but short of that, there were a bunch of guys that you know, unfortunately, for them, uh, won't be on the roster much longer. Uh, probably, you know, if they haven't heard by now, uh, they will by this time tomorrow, when the Raiders officially get down to the fifty-three man roster. So the score itself was fairly meaningless. The Forty ers got out of the game what they wanted to get out. Uh, they were able to get some, um, you know, fine-tune some things, I guess. They were running some some pretty clever plays. I got to give them that uh, credit. They Teams don't normally do that in preseason, but it looks like the 49ers are trying to fine-tune for their season opener and get things kind of sorted out with their quarterback situation. Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance obviously sharing duties. Uh, that was pretty cool uh, to watch. But from the Raiders' perspective, if you weren't there, uh, and a whole bunch of Raiders weren't there, they stayed back in Las Vegas, didn't even get on the plane uh, to head out to the Bay Area. If you weren't there uh, and you're a significant player, then you were standing on the sidelines and watching uh, in an emergency basis, uh, a la Clee Farrell was there, uh, Carl Nassib was there, you know, simply to, you know, on an emergency, emergency situation get out there, put your helmet on and, 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 you know, go provide some snaps. But short of that, it was, you know, a bunch of guys fighting for, for their jobs. And a couple in particular, uh, I thought really, I think solidified themselves a little bit or, or created a little bit more certainty for themselves. Uh, talking about Amik Robertson, uh, for sure. Uh, I thought he had a fabulous game in a lot of different ways, played outside cornerback, inside cornerback was a, a special teams ace making some tackles. Uh, he was kind of everywhere, uh, he was supposed to be. And, you know, I really, uh, give him a lot of credit. Amik Robertson, because it was a struggle last year. There's no doubt about it. You know, trying to make the transition from outside cornerback to slot cornerback as he was in a COVID year, not having a, a real off season, uh, to, you know, build any confidence or any continuity or, or any insight into that position change. And it just didn't go well for him. And as a result, you know, he kind of got um, left in the dust a little bit, you know, when the Raiders go in and, and draft uh, their, you know, put together their plans for 2021 in their draft and their free agency. Uh, there was, you know, some speculation that, you know, where's Amik Robertson even fit on this team? He responded to that really, really well. And I think he, in my opinion, anyway, 
as humble as it might be, solidified a, a role on this team or a spot on this 53-man roster. I think his needle is pointing up, whether it's here in Las Vegas, which I believe it will be, or elsewhere. I think Amik Robertson's got a future in this league. I thought Damon Arnett, in the time that he was in there, played well. Uh, I thought Gerald McCoy shaking off his rust. Well, I'll tell you what, the Lakers, I mean the Lakers, the Raiders may have found themselves a gem uh, or, or, you know, lucked into a, a good fortune themselves into a really good football player who still has, based on what we saw yesterday, a lot left in the tank um, as a defensive tackle. He was flying off the football. I can't wait to see what he does around starting caliber players in schemed up defenses and, you know, uh, rather than just getting out there, kind of running around, trying to trying to get loose, trying to get back into the swing of things as, as a player. I think Gerald McCoy, based on what I saw yesterday, is going to help a big deal. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Dave is in Denver. How you doing, Raider Dave? Hey there. I just wanted to mention that uh, the Chargers just let go three linebackers and a safety wonder how many of those players are clued in on Bradley's system. I didn't see it as I was prepping for the show. Who we got? You got any names for me? No, I mean, I could look it up on my phone. I don't know how young and how new they are or if they, you know, I don't want to say walk on, but, you know, I don't know. I don't recognize the names. Obviously nothing big. But when you're talking about injuries and people getting up to speed right away or reserve players that actually have a clue, I'm just thinking it's mighty curious, and uh, I bet Mayock is looking at it. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, and I, I tweeted this, and, you know, uh, you get grief no matter what you report, but I said, you know, it's going to take two to tango, but the Raiders are definitely um, testing the trade market right now, uh, trying to solidify some positions, and people are like, oh, that's great insight. Well, I mean, it it, it would be... It's not a case of where everybody's doing this. The Raiders, I think, have some specific needs that they have to uh, get addressed in a hurry, and that's why there's some urgency in in, in selecting the uh, or, or going down the trade path or potentially going down the trade path. Uh, so it is actually there is some insight there, and I think that if if we're being honest about it, I think backup offensive line and linebacker right now are areas that they would it would behoove them uh, to try to strengthen that a little bit. I think they're fine in terms of the starters, but when you start talking about that depth, um, I'm not real comfortable with what I've seen from the backup tackles. And based on what I saw yesterday, I think that Divine Diablo's got a little ways to go. Tanner Muse has got a little ways to go, uh, asking him to do you know much more than, than maybe be that strong side base linebacker. So what do you do behind Nick Krakowski, behind Clay or uh, Corey Littleton, behind um, now Denzel Perryman, who, by the way, passed his physical. He'll go right onto the 53-man roster when it's released tomorrow. Uh, and away the Raiders go with Denzel. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that when you're when you're looking at this roster, I think there's some specific areas that the Raiders could use a little bit of help in. Um, no doubt about it, and I, I, I completely recognize this, every team is trying to do everything that they possibly can to get the best 53-man uh, roster that they could possibly put together. But there comes a time sometimes where you recognize, as a team, might need to go outside the building uh, here and, and there. Because I, I actually think that, aside from that, I think the Raiders are pretty darn in pretty darn good shape uh, everywhere else. I think that the starting offensive line is going to be fine. I think that the running back situation, even with Jalen Rashard, I think probably you know starting the season on on IR, uh, if that's the path that they take, I think that you know Trey Regis, if he uh, makes this team, will be 
adequate as that third down that that third running back to what extent he even gets used at that point would remain to be seen i think that that's why bringing in kenyon drake was so important because what he does in terms of the run game and the pass game i think really lessens the need for the Raiders to go out and make a move for any kind of a veteran to fill that third running back spot. I think uh, at cornerback, I think the Raiders are, are, are in pretty decent shape, especially after watching what, um, you know, Damon Arnett did yesterday and what Amik Robertson did yesterday. Um, adding that to, you know, the starters, Trayvon Mullen uh, and, and Casey Hayward and what Nate Hobbs has been able to do. I think Nate Hobbs is a day one starter. Uh, I think Keshawn Nixon, um, you know, provides some some certainty there and a, and, a, and a young player that's still, you know, moving in the right direction, not quite sure what to make of Nevin Lawson. And remember, um, his spot uh, for the first two games is null and void anyway. He's on the suspended list, so um, he's gone for the next two weeks. So we'll see what the, what the Raiders do in terms of, you know, whether he's part of this thing moving forward or not, because uh, he's certainly not part of it uh, over the next first two uh, weeks of the season. But I think that they're in pretty decent shape at cornerback. I watching Carl Joseph yesterday, you know, come up and be physical and make some plays. I think the Raiders, when you look at safety, are in pretty good shape now. Um, Jonathan Abram, uh, Trayvon Morig, Carl Joseph, uh, Tyree Gillespie, the rookie. Uh, I think obviously he needs to, you know, um, keep developing. Obviously, he's a rookie, so that's 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 what what you hope for. But I think that. Between Carl, jo- among Carl Joseph, Trayvon Morig, and Jonathan Abram, I think you're pretty good shape in pretty good shape with your three uh, uh, safeties and Tyree Gillespie right there behind them. We'll see what happens to Dalen Levitt. Um, I don't see a big need for him right now, but you know uh, he seems to be uh, a Gruden grinder, somebody that you know seems to always find his way onto the roster. Uh, so we'll see if he if he continues to survive, uh, you know, with the Raiders. So when you start thinking about, uh, and this is why, you know, um, the news that the Raiders are are, are working the phones right now, maybe shifting out of a tree on a trade. I think you go right to that swing tackle position, and I think you go right to that uh, linebacker position because I think that's where the Raiders are a little bit vulnerable uh, right now. I don't think you can, you know, I know talking to uh, Greg Olson last week, he, he expressed some confidence at that swing tackle uh, position. Yeah, um, you've got Brandon Parker, you've got Jared Jones uh, uh, Smith. I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it. If, if, if one of the starting tackles were to go down, I don't see either one of those players, you know, really being a, maybe I just am not seeing it. And, you know, of course, at some point you defer to the coaches uh, on this and the guys that are doing this for a living, but, but I, I would be really reluctant if I was the Raiders, I'd be reluctant um, to, to go into a season with those two as, as the primary backups. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, as far as yesterday goes, uh, I thought that, you know, John Brown being out there was a bit conspicuous. I wrote about that in the Las Vegas Review Journal. You can check out all uh, that we do covering the Raiders for the Review Journal. Just download the app Vegas Nation or, or on the computer VegasNation.com. Um, here's John Brown when everybody else was back home, uh, when everyone else of significance was back home watching on TV, maybe grilling some burgers in the backyard uh, while the while the Raiders played the 49ers or 
made the trip but didn't play and, and stood there on the sidelines. Um, here's John Brown, uh, who the Raiders guaranteed three point what five million dollars to somewhere around that uh, was. I thought anyway, a shoe in for a roster spot still might be the case. Uh, maybe the maybe the Raiders just wanted to get one more look at him. He has been dinged up a little bit, so maybe that was uh, the reason why he was he was out there. But it still makes you wonder a little bit: Are the Raiders okay with John Brown? Do they feel like one of the younger guys, uh, Dylan Stoner, T.J. Um, Dobbs? Do, you know, do do any of these guys move the needle enough? to give them uh roster roster spots um i you know i i didn't want to read too much into john brown being out there but it was to me it was it was it was a little bit it was a little bit conspicuous um i i thought that he was you know uh set in stone as far as the 53 man roster but obviously that might not be uh the case so you know you look at you look at those those rookies dj turner uh, Dylan Stoner, could they be, you know, pushing for a roster spot? I got, I got Henry Ruggs, I got uh, Brian Edwards, Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro, Willie Sneed, and John Brown, uh, and and Zay Jones making the team. But maybe you swap out a John Brown for a Dylan Stoner or a DJ Turner. Now, here's my thing: I think that Turner and Stoner are both likely to get through waivers. Uh, and then the Raiders can add them to the practice squad uh, at that at that point. I just don't see that either one of those guys has caught enough attention around the league for somebody to pick them up on waivers and then autom- because when you do, you have to automatically put them on your fifty three man roster. Um, so in 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 that case, if I'm the Raiders, I think may I, I would think long and hard about uh, just hold on to John Brown. He's a known commodity. Uh, maybe there were some you know dinged up issues during training camp that kind of held him back. But but as a as a as somebody that is going to be your fourth or fifth wide receiver at this point, not a bad option to have. Plus, you've already paid him the three million dollars uh, and and change. So you know if 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 something if if it was a worst came to worst scenario and, and Henry Ruggs goes down or Brian Edwards goes down or any of those top players that we just mentioned, who'd you rather have in that situation? Would you rather have John Brown? Who's kind of been there, done that. He's not a great player. I'm not saying uh, that he is, but he's certainly a serviceable known commodity uh, has done it on a playoff team. So uh, has that kind of experience. I don't know. Kind of, kind of interesting to see where that all uh, heads, and of course, we're going to find out uh, tomorrow when the Raiders make the move uh, and officially get down to their fifty-three man roster. You've seen some teams announce some of their cuts already, or the word to start leaking out. From what I understand, uh, the Raiders are going to do the heavy lifting tomorrow. Um, so. That kind of leads you to think that maybe there's some trade possibilities that are going on. Uh, you know, you're kind of just sorting through it right now. Um, they're also obviously assessing it and going through this thing with a with a fine tooth comb. And here, here's what I would also say: outside of that um, offensive line and because of injuries, the linebacker situation. I, I I really I got to give John Gruden and Mike Mayock a lot of credit for the roster that they've built because I do believe there's going to be some difficult cuts 
um, at some positions and some decent, some good players, some NFL caliber players uh, are going to be hitting the waiver wire here pretty soon. And that's a credit to what the work that they've put in and the work that they've done, getting this roster in a much better position. Um, you know, I think that this is, you know, when you look at that offensive line, going all the way back to when Sam Young announced his retirement uh, early in training camp, I think that was the Raiders would have loved to have had Sam Young back without question. And I think he would have made this team. And I think that he would have been, as he showed last year, he wasn't a great player. I mean, you have to, everything has to be put into context and perspective. If you're a, a swing tackle, you're not, unless you're a young guy up on the, up on the rise, you know, you're probably going to have some flaws, but you're serviceable. You're a veteran. Um, you know, the offense you've been there. Uh, if he would have been a year in the program, a guy like Sam Young provides a little bit of certainty uh, for you. And so I think that was a little bit of a blow. And they've gotten uh, as good a look as they possibly can uh, at Brandon Parker, um, at, uh, you know, obviously Jared Jones-Smith behind Alex Leatherwood, behind Colton Miller. But gosh darn, I don't know, you know, based on, again, what we saw yesterday. And I look, you have to preface this by also saying, there was nothing game planned yesterday. Uh, it almost seemed like, you know, I, I'm sure they put some plays in and they, they obviously knew what they were doing. But, you know, for the most part, this was, hey, let's get a look at some guys out there running around one last look. But let's get out of this game healthy and move on to the next chapter, which is deciding on this 53-man roster. So some of this you have to take with a grain of salt of what you saw out there, um, especially when it comes to an offensive line that didn't game plan for the opponent. But three three uh, preseason games, not quite sure that I'm real comfortable with who the Raiders have uh, as their backup tackles right now. So keep an eye out on that. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajadar. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday, a day ahead of the final 53-man roster decisions. Uh, they're working at it right now uh, over in Henderson, I can tell you that. And it'll be fascinating and interesting to see what 53 they come up with uh, by the time we probably get on the air tomorrow uh, on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM in the huddle. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. I love him. One of the best groups I've been around. Um, the thing about this group that I love the most is the is the competition. It's every They compete in everything, whether it's um, the get-offs and individual, you know, individual with Rod Marinelli is no joke, but guys are competing. Like, let me see if I can be first in this. And guys are making sure that, you know, if somebody, if we say we're going to lift, even if it's an optional lift, if somebody don't come to the optional lift, we give them a hard time. Like, it's always competition. And all it is is pushing everybody to be great. And with this group, with the talent that they already have, when you have that type of drive, man, uh, the sky's the limit. That's Raiders defensive tackle Gerald McCoy uh, speaking yesterday uh, from Levi Stadium in Santa Clara after the Raiders lost to the San Francisco 49ers to close out the preseason. And Gerald McCoy, obviously, he's a guy that's been there, done that. And I can't tell you how important it is to have self-starters 
in your own in your locker room. Uh, guys that police each other and police each other through peer pressure, good peer pressure. Uh, we're going to get to the callers in just a second, but um, I remember going to Yankee Stadium and I was doing an interview with Alex Rodriguez, right? And so uh, it was a day game. It was a Wednesday day game in August at Yankee Stadium back in the 2000s. And so you go. it's a Wednesday game, like I said, an afternoon game, a uh, really early start. might have been a noon start. So um, the game obviously is over around 3 o'clock or so. Get into the clubhouse. I'm talking to Alex, and he says, hey, um, do you mind? Uh, can you just wait here? I'm going to go get my lift in and my post-game lift in, and I'll be right back, and then we could talk for as long as you as long as long you need. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So as Alex is getting ready to head to the weight room, he looks over, and there's a young player by the name of Robinson Cano, rookie at the time, I believe. And Robinson Cano is dressed and ready to go, ready to leave, ready to get out into the New York uh, limelight and go have some fun uh, on a on a Wednesday, early Wednesday. Get out and probably have a little bit of fun. You know, more power to him. And Alex Rodriguez looks at Robinson Cano, who's dressed and ready to leave, and says, "What's going on? Where 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 are you going?" And Robinson Cano kind of gives him this look, like, and he doesn't even get the words out of, "Well, I'm 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 headed home," you know. And 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 Alex, before Robinson can even say anything, which Obviously, at that point, he's tongue-tied looking at Alex Rodriguez, who's still putting work in. Alex Rodriguez says to him, oh, man, I mean, hey, the workday's really not over. You know, I know we played an afternoon game, but the workday's really not over. I'm, I'm headed to the weight room. Uh, I don't know about you, but that's where I'm going to be, you know, for the next 30 minutes or so. And he leaves. And this look on Robinson Cano's face was just like he had just disappointed his dad, Santa Claus, whoever, your teacher, whatever, you know, somebody that you care for and respect, somebody that you don't want to let down, somebody that you don't want to look at you with a skeptical eye. And so Alex leaves. Robinson Cano kind of looks around and starts getting undressed, puts on some workout gear, and goes to the weight room. That's what Gerald McCoy is talking about when he's talking about being competitive and pushing each other. It doesn't have to be, you know, hitting somebody over the head uh, with a stick. Stick. Sometimes it could be sarcastic. Sometimes it could be in fun. But the message is always clear. Hey, man, it's time to go to work. It's time to keep working. And that was the message that Alex Rodriguez had for Robinson Cano. And I have a feeling inside that Raider locker room right now, there's a bunch of guys like that. And obviously, I'm not saying that they've got a Hall of Famer on their roster. But they've got some conscientious, professional athletes that understand the work ethic that's involved here and the professionalism that's involved here. And I think that anyone that isn't in line with that is going to be in for an earful uh, in one way or another. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation uh, listener line. Uh, Brian is in Henderson. How you doing, Brian? Good afternoon, Vinny. Um, question for you. Um, in regards to the interviews, um, I apologize up front. I haven't listened to all of them. Um, but in regards to once White and Morrow went down, mm-hmm. did any of you guys ask John Gruden or Gus Bradley about K.J. Wright? And I don't know if that's off limits where you guys can't ask that type of question to him without him getting upset. I don't know how that works. Um, 
But if, and I'm very optimistic, every year I am, you know, but then when we don't make the playoffs or, you know, whatever the case may be, if we start off 0-1-2, I hope that we are 1-1, one one. we split. But um, if we start off 0-2, it's going to be, and I know it's early in the season, but there's that's those are AFC teams that can make the playoffs. I just hope that we don't start off on two because it's going to be a lot of question marks, you know, in regards to did John Gruden do the right thing? Here we go again. Whatever, or it's blaming Derek Carr, which I'm a Derek Carr fan. Um, it's just going to be, it's not going to be good. I mean, I listen to the radio show, all you guys, you know, from the morning to afternoon, and everybody's speaking with all this optimistic optimism you know, about Gus Bradley and John Gruden. But when it's all said and done, we haven't made the playoffs. John Gruden's record is, you know, four wins this first year, uh, seven wins, and then eight wins. So (laughs) it's like I I just really hope that, you know, things get better. Totally understand. Uh, As it relates to K.J. Wright, um, you know, that's not a question I'm going to ask out front like that. Um, and I know that, and I'm going to get ready to talk to uh, uh, one of my colleagues, Bill Williamson, right here in just in just one second. But um, there's better ways to go about doing that. Because first of all, John Gruden's not going to say anything um, about it, uh, number one, uh, publicly. Number two, I don't want, in that case, the competitor that I am, um, I don't want to throw a question out there for the whole world uh, to hear the hear the answer and there's a strategic and competitive reason for saying that i don't need to necessarily ask in that forum i know where to go uh to get that kind of information so to answer your question of what's kind of going on with kj Wright, um and when i say that also every one of my colleagues uh, in that room um does the, would do the same thing and they have their own sources and all that kind of stuff so that's not really a question that you would ask out there like that um and and I, hopefully my my uh, explaining that makes you understand why. But in terms of what's going on with KJ Anderson or KJ Wright, uh, I have been checking in on that. And right now, it's really just a matter of KJ Wright. Wright wants more money than the Raiders um, can or are willing to pay him right now. Keep in mind, the Raiders have the seventh highest payroll in the NFL. Um, that's a lot of money uh, that they're putting into this uh, this football team this year, the 2021 Raiders. And they only have two uh, and change under the salary cap uh, to spend. So that could change once everything is gets settled here with, these, with this 53-man roster. But for the time being, it's kind of a money impasse. And so in order for K.J. Wright to be a Raider, something's going to have to happen. Either the Raiders are going to have to come up on their offer or K.J. Wright is going to have to come down on his demands. Um, and that's kind of where that is uh, right right now. Um, so uh, hopefully that that answers it. But again, more clarity could be coming once the 53-man roster shakes out. Maybe there's some moves to get rid of some uh, some salary uh, that, that, uh, that, that, are, that they're able to get rid of. Um, we'll see. Uh, but that is, uh, I, I would think, keep an eye on that uh, from tomorrow on. Uh, we'll see if there's anything on the KJ Wright front. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation uh, listener line, uh, excuse me, our guest line, and welcome in my good friend uh, Bill Williamson. You can follow him at B Williamson NFL on Twitter. He does a tremendous job covering the Raiders and the NFL, has been doing it for a long time. Bill, first of all, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. How you doing, Bill? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. I always enjoy it. 
Uh, you got it. Uh, thank you. Uh, absolutely. And we're at the uh, cut down uh, time. Uh, it's mm-hmm. always, you know, kind of a sad day. Obviously, dreams end on days like uh, today and t- tomorrow. Some dreams are delayed. Some dreams are redirected <laughs> elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot that's going to happen over these next 48 hours or so. And the fate of a lot of football players are going to be decided one way or another. Um, as we look at the Raiders, I don't expect a lot of major surprises, but if you had uh, a few surprises that that you might be that you think might be lurking, what would they be? Yeah, I love when you say redirected dreams because that's you know it's not the end of the line for all these guys, but it's certainly yep. a tough day. Um, you know, I've learned with John Gruden to always expect surprises. You know, it's it's never it's, it's always a busy day covering his cut down days. Um, 2018, you know, the day they started with trading Coil Mack at 5.30 in the morning, that was the busiest day I ever had in my life covering a cut-down day. It was just incredible. So, yeah, I'm buckled in. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, the John Brown and, and, and Carl Joseph talk in the, in the last 24 hours with them on the field yesterday, I think is fascinating. Certainly, you know, covering that, do I expect those two guys to be Raiders tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, I think I do, but you never know. I mean, it is. it was fascinating that they were both playing, particularly Brown, because Joseph, you know, is coming out the injury, so you've you got to give him some time. So that wasn't quite as surprising as Brown playing with, you know, most of the contributors sitting at their houses in, in Las Vegas. Um, you know, and that, he, he was certainly signed to be a, a major contributor. So very interested to see if that happens again. I would be surprised. I checked in on it yesterday. I'm sure you checked in on yourself. And, you know, I, the, the feel I'm getting is that they may be leaning, you know, this is yesterday's thoughts towards keeping them. Again, that's not a report. That's just kind of the tea leaves right now. So, yeah, I, I, to answer your question, I, I think something unexpected is going to happen, but I just don't know what's going to be. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and from what I understand, um, you know, I think that, Trades are certainly a possibility, and I think that mm-hmm. they are uh, working the phones right now. I I tweeted that, and you know, you have your sarcastic fan, fan, readers and fans like, "Oh, great insight!" Isn't everybody doing that? Yes and no. Uh, there's some that are just you know trying to be on the lookout uh, to improve any way they can, but there's also teams, and I think the Raiders fit into this category where they have some some real needs at some uh, a couple of key places areas that I think that they um, feel like. Hey, uh, we got to get this fixed, or we got to solidify this. And my personal opinion is that's uh, at backup uh, offensive line and at linebacker. Uh, Where do you fall on where they are? One, you know, for for one reason or another, I think with linebacker injuries have taken a massive toll. uh, But and I think at offensive line, the retirement of Sam Young and some guys that I just don't think. Um, have stepped forward the way the Raiders had hoped over the last year uh, to date makes that position somewhat uh, vulnerable uh, over on the offensive line. Where do you fall uh, at those two spots? Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it. Those are the two spots. I mean, I, you know, I've been saying it for weeks. You know, I think the waiver wire scour on Wednesday and Thursday will probably focus on those two positions, particularly backup. Um, offensive line after the pyramid trade, you know, not as big a need right now at linebacker. But if something intriguing happens, I certainly think the Raiders will, you know, investigate. Um, so, yeah, um, 
when I saw your tweet, those are the two positions that really popped out to me. Uh, you know, I think Brandon Parker makes the team, but I don't know if if that's good enough. You know, I think you might want to look for an upgrade from him. And you know, some of the other guys there haven't done much. So, yeah, I would, I would, I would fully expect, uh, you know, a backup tackle coming to Las Vegas this week in some form, whether it's a trade or it's a, you know, it's a waiver wire pickup. Um, but you know what? Most every team in the league is looking for, if you talk to scouts, that's really the position. The offensive line is really the position where it's hard to fill, you know, your nine, your nine or 10 guys around the league. It's really kind of a dearth area in the backup realm around the league. So I think a lot of teams are in the same boat there. Yeah, I agree. And it's why, you know, I don't want to, you know, uh, I'm I'm not I'm not uh, a Raider uh, decision maker. Um, I'm not a coach. I'm not part of the development, obviously. But it's kind of why, like a guy like Brandon Parker, not really kind of emerging as a draft pick, a fairly high draft pick at that, yes. is so disappointing. Um, that those are the kind of guys that you really want to be able to hit on. Uh, even I, I, it doesn't matter if. Brandon Parker never starts a game in his life, but if you feel like he can hold it down, if you have to ask him to start, then he's worth his weight in gold uh, for that pick. But I don't know that that's the case, Bill. There, there, there hasn't been a uh, you know an ascension there in his career. He's had some bright moments, but you know, and they and they want it to work. And I, and I think you know, Cable Cable's a big fan of his and. Like you said, he was the first pick of the third round in John Gruden's first year back in 2018. They traded up to get him at number 65. That's a premium pick. And, you know, it hasn't worked out. And I just, you know, I just wonder if the time is running out here. Is this, you know, is this it for him? I agree. Um, we're talking to Bill Williamson, uh, who covers the NFL as good as anybody uh, out there, a good friend of mine as well. Uh, Bill, on the other side of the football, um, I think Nate Hobbs has been a bit of a revelation here, uh, sure. needless to say. Uh, I think Damon Arnett and Amik Robertson have kind of worked their way back into uh, fairly good graces and, and are, are pointed mm-hmm. in, the, in the right direction. Uh, and I think with Trayvon, um, Trayvon Mullen and Casey Hayward, we'll see what happens with a Kashawn Nixon and a Nevin Lawson. But I think... For the first time in a little while, I think the Raiders are, are, are pretty decent at cornerback right now from start to finish, you know, top to bottom. Uh, your thoughts on, on, on where they are right now uh, at that position? And it might cost a guy like Isaiah Johnson uh, his spot on, on the roster, I think, the, for what they've done and the young players that have stepped up. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think he's in trouble. I thought he was in trouble going into this game, and he didn't help himself to uh, defensive pass interference calls. Um yeah, you know, when John Gruden said beginning of training camp, I think it was his opening day of training camp, he's like, yeah, I think we're going to be better at cornerback, and we better be better. <laughs> right. You know, we have so much invested in there. I'm really interested to see what happens. You know, everything changes so dramatically after this week. You know, guys that we focus and spend all our days on are guys that you don't really talk about much when the season goes on because, you know, those, they're bubble guys. So I'm interested to see how much Arnett and Robertson are in the mix once the season starts. You know, they did fine yesterday, and, you know, 
they, like you said, they, they, they may be pointing upwards, but let's see how much they play. I mean, that's the key here is you drafted these guys high, one obviously in the, in the first round, the other in the fourth round, to play. So I want to see them not just make the roster, but, but, but you know, but, but really play. And, and, and going to Hobbs, you know, big difference between the preseason and the regular season. Just got a feeling this guy's a playmaker, and he and he's not going to uh, he's not going to embarrass himself out there. I mean, it, by by all accounts, it looks like he's going to be the starting nickel. And I just don't know. I just don't think this guy's going to be a failure. He just he just got something. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's players, Bill, that you know uh, they they chug along down the runway and then they lift off and that's it. They they the, the, they fly. And they don't ever look back. And I got a weird feeling, much like you, that Nate Hobbs is going to be one of those players. He just, there's something about him. Go, I'm, I've told this going all the way back to draft night when we talked to him and then saw him in OTAs and obviously in training camp, uh, out at the practices against the Rams, in the games. He was just always showing up. And so I'm with you. I think that they landed uh, a, a gem uh, in that regard. Last question for you, Bill. Um, mm-hmm. Gerald McCoy, from what you did see him, let's touch on him again. Um, I thought he looked pretty darn good for a guy that hadn't played football in 20 months or in a game in 20 months. Uh, what, what, any takeaways uh, from what you saw of Gerald McCoy yesterday? Yeah, you know, I think there was a reason why he was playing yesterday as well. I want, they wanted to see him, and, and I wrote, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I wrote this with a game. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make the roster or if he starts, you know, 12, 15 games and is a major factor. I just. You just don't know with him because, you know, he's older, hasn't played in the early two years. And, and let's see, but he certainly looked very uh, vibrant yesterday, didn't he? Um, and he, he made plays. So, yeah, I mean, now I feel like, yeah, the second part of my I don't know. I think that, yeah, he's going to make a make a pretty big impact on this team. If he can yeah, stay I, healthy, it's a big boost. Yeah, and, and – um, uh... It's interesting with that defensive line because I think you're going to have a starting unit. I think you're going to have a full-on second unit uh, that rotates uh, in mass uh, throughout the course of the game, kind of like a hockey line uh, in, in mm-hmm. hockey. But I think at the end of the game, when you now you can probably, if you're Gus Bradley and, and Rod Marinelli, kind of pick out who's the hot guy today uh, at whatever position you're talking about and roll with them uh, at the end of games. Uh, and that might change from game to game. But, you know, from what we saw General McCoy yesterday, wouldn't be surprised if he finished some games uh, in some key moments uh, because he looked pretty darn good. Bill, thank you so much uh, for spending some time with us in the huddle. I uh, can't wait to get your thoughts uh, here pretty soon once this 53-man roster is complete uh, and we start pointing ahead uh, to, the, to the NFL season. Appreciate it, Bill. Thanks, Vinny. See ya. You got it. Uh, that was Bill Williamson, covers the NFL, does a great job. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And basically, that does it for us today. Uh, the Aviators, uh, the Las Vegas Aviators, the AAA baseball team here in Las Vegas, are playing next. I think they're in Oklahoma City. So uh, good luck to the Aviators. We're going to happily uh, step aside and, uh, and and get to first pitch. Uh, for them, we'll be back at it tomorrow for uh, same situation, 4 to 4.50. Um, in the huddle, Vinny Monsignor, Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Talk to you guys tomorrow, and we're going to